Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, whether you're joining us through the live stream or here in person. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. If you're visiting with us this morning, I especially want to welcome you. If you're online and have the capability to do it on the platform you're on, please say hello in the comments and let us know from where you're watching the service. If you are here with us in person, I invite you to join us for coffee and conversation during our fellowship hour. That's right after the service in our fellowship hall. It's back through these double doors, through the triple doors, and then to your right. This morning, we will need you to participate a little bit later on, so you should have a piece of paper that looks something like this. If you don't, we've spread them around, and there's some on that table in the back as well as the tables up here. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person, and it's in that tradition that I invite the folks online to greet one another in the comments, and if you're here in person, to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. Please join me in saying the words for the lighting of the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. The call to worship is from author David Simon. Transitions are a part of life, allowing for perpetual renewal. When you experience the end of one chapter, allow yourself to feel the emotions of loss and rebirth. A bud gives way to a new flower, which surrenders to the fruit, which gives rise to seed, which yields a new sprout. Even as you ride the roller coaster, embrace the centered internal reference of the ever-present witness. This congregation has a common religious purpose. It's our mission. We wrote it together, we put it on our wall, and we say it together every Sunday so that we can carry it in our hearts with us throughout the week. Let's say it together now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Each week we talk a little further about that term, beloved community, to explore more deeply what we mean by that and what it might look like to live it in our world. We've been talking a lot about the eighth principle of Unitarian Universalism that's been proposed for all of the Unitarian Universalist Association of Congregations to adopt eventually. Um, it holds us accountably to addressing white supremacy culture, racism, and other forms of oppression. And even though we've talked about it a lot, I'm going to talk about it a little more, and I won't promise it's the last time. I wanted to let you know, though, that two weeks ago, the folks attending our congregational meeting here at the church, if you have not heard, approved the eighth principle on behalf of this church. We were the 185th UU Church Fellowship or other related organization to approve the Eighth Principle, and since then, several more have, so we are approaching 200 approvals already. 
I know you've heard the words before, but I want to read them to you again, and I'll explain why in just a moment. We, the member congregations of the Unitarian Universalist Association, covenant to affirm and promote journeying towards spiritual wholeness by working to build a diverse, multicultural, beloved community by our actions that accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and our institutions. Now, I wanted to read that to you again because in a moment I'm going to read you our sixth end statement. An end statement is kind of a goal. So our mission is kind of our ultimate end statement, the difference that we want to make in our world. And then our end statements under that, your board talked to the congregation at the time and came up with, they sort of subdivide that in ways that we can know that we're living out that mission. So let me read you our sixth end statement. We partner with other organizations and faith communities to dismantle a culture of white supremacy and other systems of oppression within ourselves, within our church community, and beyond our walls. Those sound very similar, do they not? The thing I wanted to point out is that when we adopted that end statement, we weren't really talking about the eighth principle yet here in this congregation. So we have a long-term commitment that we've been making for a while to do this work of bringing more love and justice into our world. In the months to come, we'll be putting together a team to help us discern how to even further live love and justice in our world, build the beloved community by dismantling systems of racism and other forms of oppression. In the meantime, I welcome your thoughts. Good morning. I'd like to invite the children to come up. We're going to read a story. We'll have the pictures up here, but if children want to come up closer, you can sit with me up here and see the pictures up close. Last week was our last week of school. So that was the end of school. So this is the beginning of summer. Yes. We are celebrating endings and beginnings today. So this book is called The End is Just the Beginning. A Book of Endless Possibilities by Mike Bender, illustrated by Diana Mayo. The end. That's right. You read it correctly. You've reached the end and the beginning. But wait, how can a book possibly start with the end? That's ridiculous. Well, prepare to have your mind blown, because the end isn't really the end. It's just the beginning of something else. Like this beautiful sunset. Sure seems like the end of the day, right? Not so fast. You see, when the sun goes down, it's actually just the beginning of night. When all snow melts at the end of winter, that just means... It's the beginning of what? Spring. Yeah. If you're in Texas, it's the beginning of summer. That's right. (laughs) If you try to go to the ends of the earth, you'll actually just keep going back to the beginning because the earth is one big circle. If you blast off in a rocket ship, you'll reach the end of the sky otherwise known as the beginning of outer space. 
When you count, the end of one number is just the beginning of the next number, and so on, one, and so on, all the way to infinity, which, by the way, never ends. Even a sign that literally says dead end isn't an end at all. It's only the beginning of whatever lies beyond it. So, when you really think about it, the end is entirely endless. The end disagreement with someone is just the beginning of making up. The end of a mistake is just the beginning of learning something new. The end of being sick is just the beginning of feeling better. The end of dinner is just the beginning of dessert. And if you're really well-behaved, the end of dessert might just be the beginning of more dessert. So tonight, when you turn off the lights and go to bed, don't think of it as the end of anything. Just think of it as the beginning of a new tomorrow, full of possibilities. The beginning of discovering the next book. The reading is from UU Minister Reverend Manish Mishra Marzetti. The ground shifts, sometimes slowly, sometimes like an earthquake, reminding us that the solidity we often love and seek is an illusion. The crumbling dust of the desert plains, the moist fertility of farmlands, the eroding coastline of tidal shores, all are changing. Committees dissolve or are created. Leaders retire or step away. Ministers come and go. Bylaws are amended. New experiences lead to new truth, which foster evolution, the natural course of life, always pushing us toward greater understanding of what it means to be human. Everything about our existence points towards change, flexibility, and dynamic recreation. And it's hard because change involves loss. Can we hold the loss as well while not holding ourselves back? The ground shifts, sometimes slowly, sometimes like an earthquake. Nothing is static. This is the time in our service where we center ourselves together. This morning, I want to acknowledge, though, that it can be hard to feel centered sometimes these days. With the war in Ukraine and wars elsewhere in our world taking so many lives, the mass shootings we've all witnessed, government officials who seem to do nothing about it. And yet, center ourselves we must so that we can bring more love and justice in the world to counter these forces. So breathing together, let us center ourselves together. Breathing in and breathing out, we follow our breath to a deeper place inside. A place of greater wisdom. A place where renewal, hope are possible. 
that place where the river of love that flows through our universe appears through us. That spark of the divine within all of us. And breathing together, let us enter a time of sacred silence together, remembering that the sounds of small children and human sounds are a part of that sacred silence in this congregation. Breathing in, breathing out, we enter into the sacred silence together. I invite you now to light candles, candles of joy, sorrow, hope, remembrance, resilience, renewal. began her first sermon here by saying just that. And now, here we are. 
at our first service after the wonderful retirement party last Sunday for our former senior minister and now Minister Emerita, Meg Barnhouse. Many, many thanks to Celeste Padilla and the whole team that made the party so great. For nearly eight years, Meg and I have met almost every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. We guided the church ministries together. We talked through important issues and goals. Sometimes we commiserated and supported one another. From time to time, we would get one another's sense of humor going, and so we would just laugh and have some fun for a while before returning to church business. This last Tuesday, when 10 a.m. came around, my heart sank. I had kind of anticipated that, but the reality that there would be no more of these meetings suddenly came home to me in a way that was so much more powerful than I had imagined. I felt an absence, an emptiness, a loss, an ending. I know that so many of you must be feeling similar emotions, and such feelings are normal. We have to know that. They are a part of the change and transition process that we're going through. But as our reading earlier said, it can be hard because change involves loss. And yet, within change, within absence, within emptiness even, the seeds of an even stronger faith may grow. The space for creative renewal may be born. As Kelly's wonderful story earlier reminds us, an ending can also be a new beginning. Maybe that's why on Tuesday, I couldn't bring myself yet to take that weekly meeting off my calendar. Maybe something inside me knew that even this ending may transform itself into something new, that getting to have Meg in my life has opened up countless possibilities for me that may not have existed otherwise. My beloveds, we, you, have experienced an ending. But renewal is possible. A recommitment to our faith is calling us. A new beginning has been set before us. As Episcopalian priest and scholar, Reverend Dr. Lynn Sinnott put it, emptiness can be many, many things. It can signify potential, a space waiting for accomplishment of something graced and blessed. It can be the time in between, time we can fill with rest, or rest 
lessness. Emptiness can be a gift of space that can mean refreshment and renewal. And even in the midst of emptiness, we might find hope if we're not afraid to live in the emptiness for a while. And for this church, for this church, that emptiness is not our totality. We have a healthy, loving, religious community that Meg helped us to foster. Now, if you by chance are visiting with us today, know, know that you have entered a spiritual community built upon compassion. And that even as we experience the loss of a beloved senior minister, we carry her loving spirit into the transition that lies before us. We welcome you to join us in that transition as it holds the promise to strengthen and renew the spirituality of all who participate in it. In fact, there's much in almost all of the world's religious traditions about transitions and having faith. Now... In that vein, though I don't often quote from Christian scripture in my sermons because we went to a very fundamentalist, ultra-gay, unfriendly church when I was a child, I'll do so now. I've had lots of time since then for discernment and therapy. (laughs) So, from Mark 16, 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb... They saw a young man dressed in white, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You were looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Now, Mark is the only of the four Gospels, the stories of Jesus in the New Testament, without an actual appearance of the resurrected Jesus. And I've always thought that was kind of cool, because then, if one claims this faith, one has to actually have faith that the resurrection really happened. Now, I have to point out, some Christians sorely disagreed with me about that, and later added verses 9 through 19 to Mark, within which the arisen Christ does make a physical appearance. O ye of little faith, I quote. Anyway, I also like the original version of Mark because we get to imagine, we get to write the rest of the story. And this church, you all, You get to write the rest of a new story 
we have only just begun. We'll write that story by participating in a ministerial transition period. Now, we don't yet know exactly what that interim period will look like. I do know this. I will be with you throughout that transition. I will love you. I will support you with all of my heart and to the very best of my ability. The interim period will help provide pastoral support. It will offer the opportunity to examine our church's history. It will help us envision even further potential for the ministries of the church. And we are already going strong with our wonderful mission and those ends to support it that I talked about earlier. And though, like in Mark, we haven't been handed a picture of what our future together holds, have faith, my beloveds, because you, you all, will rise up together and create whatever masterpiece that is to become together. I invite you. We need each of you to be a part of that transitional work, that renewal, that new beginning. Let's start today by embodying all of this through a ritual of faith and renewal. As we've said, you should have pieces of paper. They're scattered about if you do not. There's some at the back behind where Luther is standing and some up here on the table. What you may not know is that this is magic paper. It dissolves when you put it in water. We have experienced so much that feels like loss, that feels like an absence these days. So I invite you to whisper into the paper your hopes for renewal. They could be your wishes for Meg, your hopes and dreams for this congregation, your thoughts of love and support for all of those who have lost loved ones in so many recent mass shootings. Then we will dissolve the pieces of paper into the bowls of water here at the front of the sanctuary. We've planted a new redbud tree, a tree of faith and renewal honoring Meg near where we lost the elm tree during the great freeze last year. We will water the roots of our tree of faith and renewal with your hopes, dreams, and wishes. Now, as the music begins, you may bring your wishes, hopes, and dreams forward and merge them into the waters or send them to us online or through the offering later. All blessings upon these waters of hopes and dreams. All blessings upon the roots of faith and renewal they will nourish. All blessings upon each of you. Upon the story we have only begun to write together. Upon the great masterpiece that is yet to become. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.
Now say with me the words for extinguishing the flame. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Wait in the water. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.